0: Welcome. We have been waiting for you. They do not want you to be here. But where others fail, you will succeed. Forget the cell. In this space, time is endless. You are now experiencing the fourth dimension. Are you ready for what lies ahead? Your mind will transcend reality. Your consciousness will be sharpened like a sword. You will lose all connection to the outside world. And nothing will ever be the same again. Welcome to the Daily Boogie.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome once again. We are back, baby. Back. Thanks for joining us, everybody. absolute pleasure to see you there. We're going to have some fun tonight. Too much fun. Too much fun, in fact. That's all right. Too much is better than not enough.
0: All right, let's do it.
1: gentlemen welcome to another episode of the daily boogie podcast i am boogie bumper it's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again on this thursday night friday day wednesday morning i don't care wherever you are whatever time it is whoever you are doesn't make any difference as long as we're here together it's gonna be a great time so many wonderful names in the chat thank you for joining thank you for sharing Seems to be a lot of people very excited about some. What the, what the hell is a Pfizer called? This is something that I've never heard of before. You, you mean to say that there was some kind of unethical behaviour going on at the top of the FBI?
0: <gasps> no. No.
1: Oh, wash your mouth out with soap, you horrible young man. Such a thing could never occur. Oh, I bestow upon thee, most awful person. Thank you for the super heart. Do you see the sexy little things we've got going on the screen now? Yeah, it's very high tech here. Little love hearts going up on the screen. (laughs) Is this an Aussie chow? Yes, it is. It's an Aussie chow. So grab your bowl, put your dribble bib on and feed your face, my friend. Shock horror. Shock horror. So I was just I was just perusing different different news items. That's very loud, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Maybe we should make that a little bit quieter. I'll get to that.
1: I'll get to that. Um I was just perusing various news items in the 10 minutes that I had spare before I went live. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the it probably doesn't sound the same on your end, but on my end, it's like ringing in my ears with the headphones. So, thank you for deafening me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much.
1: Just gotta make that a little bit quieter.
0: Okay. <laughs> Hang
1: on, everybody. Hey, hey, clearly, this looks excellent. My ears, I'm deaf now. I know. I've got to fix it. I've got to fix it. It's way too loud for everybody. <laughs> See, this is why people come to the show for the professionalism and for the ear bleeding. For the ear bleeding. okay should be nice and set now there you go righty. so thank you for the super hearts though I appreciate it as I was saying before I went uh, live tonight I was doing a little bit of a peruse of the news and something my comrade has been talking about James R Real at real person PLTCS on a podcast that he put out the other day not that long ago maybe two three days ago James if you're in the chat let him know a great podcast. He has he has a tremendous producer. The podcast would be awful if he didn't have somebody cleaning up the audio, whacking a little intro and an outro on the end of it, compressing it It's very technical stuff. Just because any 10-year-old could do it doesn't mean that it's not difficult to do. 10-year-olds are incredibly smart these days, as you well know. So his tremendously produced podcast has been talking about this for a couple of days. Uh, the concept of a full court press... Devin Nunez says, Strock Page insurance policy referred to obtaining Pfizer warrant for Trump campaigns emails. That was seven days ago. Three hours ago, as of three hours ago on Real Clear Politics, ladies and gentlemen. Devin Nunez again, there was a conspiracy to mislead the Pfizer court. Do you see how things are building? Little markers being put out. Escalation. Ex-FBI lawyer, Carter Page Pfizer application approved in unusual way by McCabe, Yates and Baker. So Sally Yates, she's in the barrel too. Democrat claims four Trump campaign officials targeted by Pfizer investigations. That's a Washington examiner. Matt Gates, compelling evidence, FBI hid information from Pfizer court will be released soon. That was two days ago. Of course, you had John Solomon reporting, what was it, two days ago that... Uh, within the next, what was it, what do you call it, bucket five? Bucket five. That should be a deal at KFC in the next week. Bucket five. Five legs. Five legs. Um, he was reporting that's going to be released in the next week or so. So they're all gearing up. They're all winding up. And I understand if a lot of people want to go and watch Sean Hannity now, that's fine. You can watch Sean. You can come and you can watch this later. That's right. We'll, we'll be, we're here all week. We're going to be here all week. You're not going to miss a damn thing. Because once I get through with this Pfizer court, Russia nonsense, which is going to take up about the first five minutes of the show, then it's all downhill from here. It really, it truly is. Um, We're going to talk about Europe. I've got plenty of that. I've got other stuff, creepy porn lawyer stuff, if you want to get involved in that. Who doesn't? Who doesn't, right? Um, We've got new underwear being released that will hide a young man's erection when he goes to the beach. You'll be pleased to know. So the world of fashion is moving with the times. Futuristic underwear. So that's, that's pretty much what we deal with here on this show. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it will be interesting to see. I know, um, and you know, I've said it myself and I, I stick to it. One of the issues that people have had with Donald Trump for the first couple of years of his presidency is he tends to forecast doing something but then doesn't necessarily do it. Like he threatens things, but then doesn't follow through on the threat. But it seems this time it's a little bit different because we've gone from seven days to three days to one day, and more and more people are just saying more and more things. And it's just, it's becoming like a, a rolling mass down a hill now. And to one of my Democrat friends, you know who you are, who I was having this discussion with a month ago when the Mueller report came out, this one's for you. I'm not going to say their name, it doesn't matter, but I know they're listening. They won't comment, but I know they're listening. So do you remember a month ago when I said to you, don't worry, in a month or two from now, nobody's going to be talking about Trump's ties to Russia because now the guns are going to be turned around and face the other way. And you're going to see some very big people start to get their own pressure and their own investigations and i was told well that's ridiculous that would be a political witch hunt similar things it's not it's not going to happen etc 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 and i would just say well stay calm like we say on the show stay calm stay rational right so nothing has been released yet nothing has been declassified yet necessarily but i can see why people are getting excited but I'll wait and see, I'll put my feet up, eat some popcorn, crack a nice red, probably a pinot, and watch the chips fall where they may. So thanks so much for joining us. Just before we get into the bulk of the show too, a little reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player, and of course, if you'd like to declassify me, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. So much to get through, so little time. And just before we get into the bulk of the show, the rest of the show, yes, yeah, stay calm, be rational. Just see what happens. Just watch what happens. Expectation does funny things to people. You know, the people who were... Like, don't fall into the trap of your political opponents who have been expecting a lot for the last couple of years. And their expectation has been the avoidable fuel of their own rage and their own anger and their own derangement syndromes. Their expectation that the president would never win the election fueled the outrage, which then creates mistakes. Because when people are acting under an emotional cloud of such fervour, and such heat and such poison then their judgement becomes clouded right so that expectation led to mistakes, their expectation that the Mueller report would lead to President Trump being indicted fueled rage created mistakes mistakes that they're still making so I would just urge people regardless of whichever side of the political aisle they're on to do your best to dispense with expectation let things come to you don't go chasing them because if you expect a certain outcome you're more than likely going to be disappointed more than likely we aren't talking about binary things like whether the Sun will come up tomorrow or not and people have all sorts of expectations well, people, people are already celebrating who's going to be arrested. It would just be, just calm down. Just calm down. People may be arrested. People might not be arrested. Things may be released. Things may not be released, certain things. It's never just on or off or black and white or yes and no, especially when you're dealing with government. There are layers of gray area so thick that if you if you bent down to tie up your shoelaces you would suffocate in them. It's ambiguous and overlapping. And there's protocol and procedure and legal issues and all sorts of shit that is a constant when it comes to government. So, yes, expect the expect the worst and hope for the best, exactly. So, just a quick comment too. Um, Karl Kashov, is that how you say it? Is that how you say his name? Now I've got to Google the kid's name again. Who's heard about this? Kyle Kashov. Is that how you say it? Kashov? Kashov? Let's call him Kyle. Let's just call him Kyle. Uh, you know, there was a furor on Twitter. And a couple of people reached out to me and said, oh, this this Kashuv thing, this is going off. And I and my first response was, who the fuck is Kyle Kashuv? <laughs> Genuinely, I didn't know. I don't know this kid from a bar of soap. And so then I look him up and I'm like, oh, he's one of the Parkland shooting kids who was pro-gun. Right, got it, got it. He's like the bizarro David Hogg. He is the Lex Luthor to David Hogg's Superman. He is the Joker to David Hogg's Batman, right? He's the opposite. He's the pro-NRA, pro-gun Parkland shooting victim. Gotcha. Fox News, Ben Shapiro. Right. And then um, I see all of these text messages. So apparently he's making a bit of a name for himself. He's going around doing some public speaking, writing some things, getting noticed on Twitter and stuff. Great. Congratulations, kid. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't care less either by the same token, but couldn't be happier. And somebody released like these text messages and stuff and he's – saying bad words and <laughs> and people are getting outraged but i looked at what he wrote and i'm like meh meh i mean really what, what do you what the fuck do you think kids talk about when they're speaking in private it really it re, it's really not that bad you can see things a lot worse just by tuning into primetime cable television And I saw a lot of fainting going, oh, my God, how can he say such horrible things? It's awful. Oh, You know, the typical fainting damsel in distress routine. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it for a fucking second. And the other thing, too, (laughs) think about what's happening here. We're now living in a time when people's private um, conversations with other people are now fair game and political collateral, political fodder. Do you do you speak the same way to um, do do you, do you expect that your favorite politicians, for example, when they make inspiring speeches, that have you leaping to your feet and and applauding, going, "Oh my god, what a sensational speech!" Do you think that they talk like that all the time? Do you think that your favoured media personalities talk like that all the time, the way they do when they are speaking in public? The separation of what people do, like if public facing people, if public, if people in public spaces are now going to be scrutinised to the point of their own private conversations, then we're entering very dangerous territory. Because that means anybody who's ever said anything in jest... The problem is when you post, um, you know, screenshot... And I've never been a fan of, you know, taking screenshots and, oh, look what this person said. Especially on apps like Twitter and YouTube. Because one comment can easily be taken out of context. So if you're in a room and you're there with your friends and they're spicy chat and you're making jokes and saying rude things, so fucking what? So somebody who is... You know, making speeches in the public. And I, I say the same thing when it happens on the left as well. When people come up to me and say, look what this person, look what this lefty said in private to their friends. Isn't this awful? I say, don't show me that. I couldn't care less. Let people say what they've got to say in private. It's none of, it's none of my fucking business. I don't care. I couldn't care less. And if he was saying naughty things in private rooms, then so fucking what? Oh, we got him now. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. But I mean, if you've got this expectation that people who are public facing need to be the exact same when they think that they're having private conversations. I mean, think of your own private conversations that you would have with friends. Would you say things to your friends that you wouldn't say publicly? 99.9% of people would. Of course, less than 99.9% of people would admit that they do. But of course they fucking do. There are things that you would say to your wife or your husband or your brothers or your best friends that you would never say out in public. And you know what? That's normal. That's fine. You're allowed to. You're allowed to have private conversations and say risky things in private. Now, if you think that you're not allowed to have private conversations and say risky things in private when you have a public profile, lest you be marched out into the town square and be booed and shamed as though you were a leper in the Middle Ages. Boo! He said things in private that we don't like! How dare he! He should be shunned! Well, if you think that's the way to go then comrade good news there is another soviet revolution waiting for you it is time to join the ranks of the resistors don the black masks and the black pajamas and start ratting out your friends today start dobbing in your parents today do you know somebody that's been speaking to you in private who said risky things and you can destroy them publicly for the things that they said privately well, congratulations. The, the revolution needs you. <gasps> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Attack the guy for the things he says publicly. I don't care what people say p- privately to their friends in private settings. I don't care which politicians are having sex with who. I could not care less. That is their problem and their business. And you'll never see anything like that on this show, ever. On this show, if they put it out there, that's what we do. I don't, I don't need to delve into people's personal private conversations to find risky words. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How risky, how awful, how bad, how terribly, how terribly misbehaving young lad. Oh, it's it's terrible, oh. Fuck off! (laughs) Who the fuck are you? (laughs) Jesus! Get the hell out of here! So I don't need to do that. I'll just bring up a. I'll just bring up a news clip of the person talking. You know, to the public in front of a microphone and a camera, and I'll say, "Here, look at look how stupid this is." Don't worry about what the person said privately. Look at how stupid they say. Look at the stupid things they say publicly. Isn't that enough? What, did he call someone an N-word in a chat room? I don't care about that. Look what he wants to do to your country on TV. That's the issue. Jesus. And again, right or left, I couldn't care less. Could not give a jot. And it's scary too for the kids, yeah. Is that what we want? Is that, is that the kind of future that we want? Children being afraid to be themselves in private settings for the fact that maybe 10 years from now, somebody may hang on. Some psychopath may take a screenshot of a comment that they make and hang on to it and then post it on the internet like, oh, like what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. But it is what it is. And, you know, he's got to deal with it now, so... But I think the whole thing is, I think it's over, it's overplayed and it's overhyped. And I, frankly, I, I find it incredibly boring. And like I said, to be honest, I didn't even know who the kid was at the start of it. 24 hours later, I wish I didn't. So he'll carry on. He'll do what he has to do. But the whole thing of like trying to shame people for saying rude words in private DM rooms and stuff, please, please focus on what the focus on what public facing people say publicly and if that's not enough to bring them down then i don't care i do not care so we'll stick with the us of a ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for joining us and thanks for sharing the show out it's an absolute pleasure to see you there i've got this for you straight off the bat rock and roll ready to go Trump talks crazy Nancy Pelosi and treason at wild press conference.
0: It was wild. He's
1: a wild man. (laughs) Wild press conference. Nancy Pelosi said to him, well, when the extremely stable genius starts acting more presidential, I'll be happy to work with him on infrastructure, trade and other issues. It's like, oh, he has to come to you, Nancy. You have to approve of him. Ah, I see. I don't think you understand how this works, Nancy. You see, he's the president. You're not. It's a, he doesn't. He doesn't have you. You have to go to him. He he makes a meeting with you, not the other way around. When I assess that Donald Trump has su- sufficiently cleaned up his act, then maybe I'll
2: talk to him. Glug <laughs> glug 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 glug. The drop
1: airs will get you, Dan, exactly. Hello, thanks for joining us. Thanks for people coming in. Better late than never. President Donald Trump repeatedly called House Speaker Nancy Pelosi crazy, said former FBI Director James Comey and former Acting Director of the FBI Andrew McCabe were guilty of treason and declined to commit to raising the nation's debt ceiling during a sprawling interaction with reporters at the White House on Thursday. Trump clashed with Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chucky Schumer On Wednesday, cutting short a planned meeting on infrastructure spending because he is frustrated with congressional efforts to investigate his administration. Look at this. While while the whole rest of the country is talking about abuses at the highest levels of the FBI, abuses at the FISA courts. No, you don't know how our country works. Congress runs the country. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you for putting it in all capitals too otherwise i might have missed that if you can continue making sure that all of your comments are in all capitals so i can zero in on them directly and and, ref, and you know refer to them as soon as you put them up that would be much appreciated and everyone in the chat would appreciate it too in fact if i miss um he man woman hate fours comments in the future guys can you just let me know let me know he man woman hate has made a comment we need to stop whatever we're doing to address it please if you could just keep me up to date with what he man woman hate for is doing that would be sensational thanks so much trump clashed with oh we did that on thursday he took issue with pelosi's characterization of his abrupt departure from the room saying he kept his cool i was so calm he said crying chuck crazy nancy i tell you what i've been watching her i've been watching her for a long period of time she is not the same person she has lost it <laughs> When the extremely stable genius starts acting more presidential, I'll be happy to work with him on infrastructure, trade, and other issues. Yes. Here's an interesting comment for you. This is where you can see the manipulation, the subtle manipulation that occurs in the corporate press, right? And it's just, it's so annoying. Because you can be honest here. You don't have to lie. You don't have to manipulate. Stroke and Page exchanged text messages during the 2016 campaign when the FBI was investigating Trump's operation. But that's not really necessarily true, is it? I mean, it's sort of true, but you're kind of omitting important information here. Stroke and Page exchanged text messages during the 2016 campaign when the FBI was investigating Trump's operation. Strock was the lead investigator. <laughs> it wasn't like we're talking about two random employees of the FBI here who just happened to be exchanging text messages while there was an investigation going on some way down the hall, somewhere in another building somewhere, right? There, no, we were just having a little conversation on text messages. We were, but there was a, there, Yes, there was an investigation going, but it was some, oh, something over there not really quite sure what was happening not really across it it's nothing to do with me just even just those one little those one little sentence manipulations it's constant from one sentence to the next to the next to the next congressional democrats say that trump has systematically abused the power of his office by summarily rejecting valid requests for information related to their legislative duties and a possible impeachment inquiry And I've said it before and I'll say it again, the best possible thing for Donald Trump that the Democrats could do would be to move to impeach him. And it seems Nancy Pelosi, for all of her faults, is one of the only ones who is smart enough to understand that impeachment would be political suicide for the Democrats, because there are at least 70-something congressional seats that are on very, very small margins in purple districts, which if the impeachment proceedings went ahead would fall instantly back to the Republicans. She understands that. They would lose the House if they tried to impeach Donald Trump. An impeachment for symbolic reasons only because even the people who are pushing hardest for impeachment yield on the fact that there's no way it's going to get through the Senate anyway. So it would be purely for the headlines. It would be purely to say, hey, we impeached him. We're the best. And the calls that are coming for impeachment are coming from congressmen and women that are in very, very safe Democrat districts. They're not going to lose a Democrat race two years from now, uh, a congressional race two years from now. The margins are far too big. The people who don't want to impeach are the ones who are at risk of losing their seats because they're in purple districts. And Donald Trump is far too popular. Even at only 51%, he is far too popular to impeach, realistically. And two thirds of the American population, by best polling figures, and you know, you've got to take that with a grain of salt, don't want him impeached anyway. And for all the talk that Congress rules every Congress is the most powerful house, Congress could do whatever they want, as we were so sufficiently educated by the hero, man, hater, or whatever his name was. Her name perhaps. I'm not sure, can't remember. <laughs> that's how quickly they've they're out of memory. Just as soon as they walked in, they're walking right out again. But for all that kind of talk, uh, you know, approving spending bills is one thing. Demanding subpoenas and saying that you have more power than the president and demanding people come in and talk to you, well, that's largely theatrics. I mean, if they were so powerful, why is William Barr still walking around laughing? <laughs> the most, the, the the Congress is so powerful that they had to resort to bringing a toy chicken to work and a bucket of KFC in order to make their point that they have more power than the Attorney General. Yes. Yes. Good job, comrade. But I'm the one that needs a civics lesson. I'm the one that doesn't understand how it works, you see. Don't you love him? Thanks for joining us by the way. Friendly trolls, friendly all-caps trolls. Where will we be without them? Speaking of the powerful Democrats, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for
3: Lemon Tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery. But the fruit of the Portland
4: is impossible
1: to eat. Don Lemon was speaking to our boy, Chuck Schumer, I think yesterday. Might have been yesterday. Might have been earlier today. Where are we? Here we go. Let's see what chuck and donny boy have got to say for themselves
5: president trump storming out of a planned white house meeting on infrastructure with nancy pelosi and chuck schumer today storming right out. after speaker pelosi a short time earlier publicly accused the president of engaging in a cover-up well trump's clearly oh. rattled by the investigations by house democrats <laughs> but
2: is there more <laughs> to all of this he's clearly rattled he's clearly rattled
1: <laughs> he's on the he's at the end of his tether how's he ever going to recover from this I think he was playing golf yesterday.
5: <laughs> joining me now is Senator Chuck Schumer. Uh, Senator Schumer, minority leader, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us. So let's get started with this. The, our reporting is that President Trump erupted over Speaker Pelosi, accusing him of a cover-up. I want you to describe what happened at the White House today because you said it would make
6: your jaw drop. I did indeed. You know, Don, we went to the White House in total good faith. We believe, we
3: Democrats <laughs> believe
6: strongly that we need a strong...
1: We went... To- we went to the white house in total good faith total good faith you know we've been spending the last 2 years saying that this president is unfit to be president this president is so unfit he shouldn't even get he shouldn't even be doing the lawns at the white house he's not fit to clean the toilets he's an irrational big baby with anger issues he doesn't know anything he's a moron he's an idiot he has no right. He's illegitimate. The Russians won the election, not Donald Trump. He's all of those things. But yesterday, yesterday, for that one meeting, we decided to put that all behind us and show up and in good faith. <laughs> yes, just yesterday. Continue to vote, Democrat. No, 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 no. We aren't betraying you. No, no. We still believe that President Donald Trump is unfit to lead. That he shouldn't be in the white house that he's illegitimate that he's an idiot that he's a moron that he's a racist that he's a homophobe that he's a bigot that he hates muslims that he hates migrants he, he is all of those things but yesterday because we're such good people we decided to put that all to one side for the sake of the nation <laughs> in good faith ladies and gentlemen Wrong. Okay, broad. okay. Uh,
6: climate-oriented infrastructure bill. And so I brought a 35-page proposal to the president that talked about traditional Mm. infrastructure, Mm. roads, bridges, water, sewer, uh, green, clean infrastructure, building power grids so we could get wind and solar energy to every part of the country, building stations for electric cars, Mm. making our schools and our hospitals more energy efficient, and rural broadband so that every rural home and every inner city home, frankly, can be connected to broadband. We talked about...
1: Okay. So we had a great idea. We came in good faith. We had a great idea. We had a 35-page infrastructure proposal to put to the president in good faith. We just want to get this stuff done for the betterment of the American nation and her peoples. And that included traditional infrastructure, roads, sewers, green infrastructure. Power grids, power stations, green energy. We love the green energy. It included a whole raft of things. And we went in good faith. And we said, here, Mr. President, here's a fantastic idea. Let's do this together. Right and left, red and blue. Trump and me, me and you. Let's do it all, baby. In good faith. Let's do this together.
6: And then this. ...how to pay for it. I would pay for it. Our Democrats, we'd pay for it by undoing some of the tax cuts on the wealthy and powerful that the president passed.
1: (laughs) I've got no idea why Donald Trump wouldn't be in favour of an infrastructure bill that unwinds the tax cuts that that he has championed and made a vital part of his election strategy. I can't understand it. Look, we're coming here in good faith, Don... All you have to do is repeal your tax cuts that you wanted and fought so desperately for. (laughs) Build a whole bunch of windmills and shit, and then we'll be on board. But no, the big orange man crybaby, he wouldn't take us in good faith. We went there in good faith. We have a plan. Look at my 35 page proposal. It's a hell of a proposal. It's got traditional infrastructure, it's got electric cars, it's got green energy, it's got roads, it's got sewerage. It's got the whole fucking lot, Don. You want to be in on this deal. Well, how are you going to pay for it, Chuck? Easily. We're going to unwind the tax cuts that you passed. (laughs) Right. Good faith. (laughs) Good faith. Just undo what you did and do what we want. We're here in good faith, Mr. President. We only want what's best for the country. Ah, right.
6: So we went in there with a the good faith. Good
1: faith. And we thought we'd have a... <laughs> See, just don't lie. Just, just say. Just come out and say. We, we were only willing to do this infrastructure spend if Donald Trump removed, you know, repealed his own tax cuts. Just say that. You're saying it anyway. Look at Don. He's, he's, very, he's taking this very seriously as Don Lemon. Now, if Don Lemon was a genuine talk host, regardless of whether he personally likes or dislikes the president, regardless of whether he identifies as a Democrat or not, it is his job at this point. His job. He has to press Schumer and say, wait, you say you went there in good faith yet you wanted the president to repeal his own tax cuts in order to get this deal done. How, how exactly does that translate into a good faith meeting? You, it's, on, it's your job at that point. I think even Jake Tapper would ask that. Tapper's not the worst over at CNN. Tapper would say something at least. He would say something. Really? You think that's good faith? Trying to unwind the tax cuts that they passed in order to pay for this infrastructure bill?
6: Please. Serious discussion because three weeks Serious ago discussion. we met with the president. The investigations were going on three weeks ago too. And uh, he said $2 trillion and he'll come up for how he would pay for it. We were going with anticipation. He did not even sit down. He stomped into the room and began this diatribe, diatribe, mainly aimed at leader, at Speaker Pelosi, saying she said, cover up. Now that's been said many times before, saying there are investigations. We, we've had these investigations ongoing even three weeks ago when we met. Yeah. And he, he spoke very pointedly, very unkindly, and oh. then he stalked
1: out. Bo- he stalked out? God, don't people normally stalk in? Not to worry. It was mainly targeted at Nancy Pelosi because he hates women, obviously. Unless he can sleep with them and we we'll, that's not going to happen. Sorry, Nance. Sorry, Nance. The Don has passed you by. You had your chance back in the 70s or whenever the hell it was you were in your early 40s. But not anymore. So he stomped out. He stomped in. He unloaded. It was a diatribe. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, get this. He said some very mean things. Oh, dear. He spoke he spoke in a very poignant matter and said some very unkind things. How how dare he? Mr Mr President Mr President, behave yourself, sir. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are? Oh There's a lot of fainting going on here today. A lot of damsels in distress, clutching their foreheads and fainting back on the couch. You know, Nancy, I really didn't appreciate that you called it a cover-up. I'm not trying to cover anything up. What the hell were you thinking? Oh, Mr. President! Can't you speak to me nicely for once, please? We've come here in good faith! Oh! (laughs) Yeah. And then Nancy's got the hide to come out and say, When he starts acting more presidential, then I'll be happy to work with him on infrastructure and other issues. But, of course, in that tweet, she didn't point out that she wanted to pay for the infrastructure by undoing Donald Trump's tax cuts. (laughs) I've got no idea why he stomped out. Even if he didn't, even if he did stomp out, I would. I put out a tweet earlier today. I said, I'm fearful for uh, the president's mental health because anybody who is anybody who remains calm with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in their office must be borderline psychotic. You know what I mean? Like, it would be the same as somebody... It would be the same as somebody getting a power drill and sending it through the point of your kneecap. And just sitting there calmly. Nothing? Nothing yet? You got nothing? Really? I can't feel a thing. I I love the pain. I eat the pain. You would turn to the person... That you're doing the torture with and say, this guy's fucking psychotic. We can't break this guy. He has a screw loose. There must be something wrong with him. The torture is not working. The same thing applies here. The torture of sitting with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in an office to in a good faith meeting about infrastructure being used, being paid for by repealing your very own tax cuts. To put up with that, remain calm and not storm out is clearly inhuman. He must be some kind of psychopath to be able to put up with that level of torture. So I would expect him to storm out of the room, honestly. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I'd be ashamed if he didn't. At least it shows he has some kind of emotional barrier. At least it shows that he's human. If he gets up and storms out and says, I'm not listening to this fucking bullshit and storms out of the room, it shows that he's a reasonable, proper, real-life human being at that point. If he just sits there and listens to it and remains calm, there must be something wrong with him. Honestly. Good job, job. Good job, job. Good job, Don Lemon, getting to the bottom of an important story. The good faith meeting. And the big angry baby throwing his toys out of the cot. Not wanting to accept a deal that he couldn't possibly accept. How dare he? And Mr. Mr. President... If you are going to continue to behave yourself in this fashion, sir, then I am not going to talk to you, said Nancy Pelosi before she fainted back on the couch. Oh! The couch that contained Ke- Kellyanne Conway's footprints. Remember when she took that photo? Ladies and gentlemen, that was. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the flowery sweet, but fruit or the lemon.
3: Is impossible to eat Demon tree very pretty and the lemon flowery sweet But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible
1: to eat From one woman who gets treated badly by men for money to another woman who gets treated badly by men uh men for money. The Avenatti saga continues.
2: The attorney, Michael Avenatti, has been indicted in New York, charged with fraud and aggravated identity theft involving his former client, Stormy Daniels, and attempting to ex- extort the sport- sportswear giant, Nike. Oh, Joining me now with uh, more on the stories, oh, and these News' Sarah Fitzpatrick, who has, like the rest of us, been uh, familiarizing ourselves with these documents. Uh, I think there's stuff... We've been
1: familiarising ourselves with these documents. We're very familiar with Michael Avenatti. You'll remember during last year, over a three-month period, he made over 100 appearances on cable news. So that's averaging more than once a day. He was on MSNBC so often that we pontificated on this show that he must either have an office or be using a sleeping bag on the floor of Morning Joe's office in order to be there all the time. He probably had his own secretary allocated to him at MSNBC and CNN. He was on all of these channels constantly. Stuff
2: about here people didn't know.
7: Absolutely. I mean, I think that on the Nike side, that had been well reported right. in the press. But it's well truly reported. stunning to see laid out in this indictment, no. Michael Avenatti, the case that he is most famous for, stealing yeah. from his client, Stormy Daniels. It, it alleges that Uh-oh. he forged her signature and diverted some of the money from her book advance uh, to an account that was controlled by him. The important thing is I just heard from Michael <laughs> He's Avenatti.
8: such a nice guy though! He was
1: such a nice guy! Remember, remember, remember! It was only last year when the lawyers representing porn stars were just the best of people. They were the best amongst us. I don't, I don't pretend to be a great guy. You know, I, I, I'm not out there. You know, handing bowls of soup to blind people or anything. But I, we had to take, we had to take a step back last year and collectively, you know, breathe a little bit and go, wait, wait, wait. What are we we we're celebrating lawyers now? What the fuck is going on? I thought we all agreed that lawyers can be some pretty shifty people from time to time but because this one was representing a human pincushion who was alleging things against the president all of a sudden oh you can't question you can't question the motives of a lawyer <laughs> what's wrong with you lawyers are very charitable human beings lawyers are great guys and girls they only do things for the right reasons they never try to you know They never take cases where money is involved. They never act unscrupulously in order to get a victory. They would never do such a thing, especially not Michael Avenatti. He could be president one day. Do you remember that? Yeah, I might run for president. I'm going to take on Donald Trump. I'm going to beat him at his own game. Remember they were saying he'll beat him at his own game.
7: Who told me in a statement that he was, quote, I was entitled to any monies retained relating to a book per my agreement with the client. It was part of my agreement for representation and competence.
1: The irony here, she says that she was forced to sign a NDA by Donald Trump, right? She was forced to she was forced under duress to sign this piece of paperwork to keep quiet about an affair with Donald Trump. And we know about this. Because she was forced under duress to say so by the lawyer who stole money from her. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. This fucking guy. (laughs) Listen here, Stormy. Just sign the piece of paper that says that you were under duress when you were forced to sign a piece of paper. Do it. Do it now. Fucking do what I tell you. (laughs) And give me your bank account details while we're at it. He's a
2: hell of a guy. He could be president one day station.
7: So he's saying this was all above board. Tom Chatelein, thanks for joining us.
2: But the allegation is that there's a forgery of a of Stormy letter Stormy. to the publisher or whoever it was who would have been paying the advance to Stormy Daniels that redirected that money to exactly. Michael Avenatti. Exactly.
7: And it goes even further. Just with Tom. Are saying that he used-
1: My friend Tom Chatelet in the chat. I just want to make a quick announcement. Uh, Tom is a organizer extraordinaire and He's involved with a, a conference later in the year, June 19th, ladies and gentlemen, in Las Vegas. Uh, there's going to be people there. George Papadopoulos. You can, you can meet George Papadopoulos. You can meet George Papadopoulos at this priority conference, the American Priority Conference, June 19th in Las Vegas. You can text Trump Meetup to get information and who wouldn't want to meet George Papadopoulos? Because if I went to such an event, I'm not going to make it to Las Vegas, unfortunately. If I didn't lose all of my life savings in the Bellagio before the conference took place, which is a, which is a big possibility, or any number of those places on the Strip, they're magnificent. You'd have to drag me kicking and screaming away from the 510 tables. <laughs> but if, if I managed to get out of the poker room and get to the conference... And if I managed to meet George Papadopoulos, my very first question to George would have nothing to do... Like, if you get your book signed, here's a little hot tip. If you want to be remembered, don't ask George the questions that he's already answered. Don't ask him the questions that he's answered 50 million times. I would ask him... Here's the question. I would say, who the hell did you have to collude with to get such a beautiful wife? Cause I'm looking at the two of you and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Were you tapping her phone calls, finding out what she really likes? Was that what was that what you were doing the whole time, George? Come on. Come on. It's okay. You can't go to prison again. Tell us the truth, George. Tell us the truth, George. How did you honeypot this thing? Come on, man. Were you reading a mail? Did you get an Australian diplomat to spy on her? Come on. I don't I'm not seeing anything in this book. He'd probably laugh his ass off at you and then sign your book. So ask something like that if you want to meet George at Papadopoulos. June 19th, American Priority Conference. Just follow Tom Châtelet for more information on that at Tom Châtelet and he'll steer you in the right direction. Just wanted to give a little shout out to my bro, my bromo sapien, my bromosexual Tom Châtelet.
7: Use those funds to pay for his, what they call, kind of extravagant lifestyle, including rent, dry cleaning, his Ferrari. It's really stunning.
2: Stunning. So He has said no monies relating to Ms. Daniels were ever misappropriated or mishandled. She received millions of dollars worth of legal services, and we spent... And then
1: she had to pay millions of dollars back.
2: Huge sums in expenses. Which he didn't she have. directly paid only one hundred dollars for all that she received. I look forward to a jury hearing the evidence. So, on the face of it, Michael Avenatti is refuting this stuff, but the allegations are very specific.
7: Exactly. I mean, it's it's exact wiring of amounts of money and what he had been spending it on. Uh. Um, you know, I think
1: it's see the the irony here. It's just too much. This is, a, this is an irony overload. I feel I'm drowning in a sea of irony. Bank transfers with his signature on. The very same thing that he was saying that Donald Trump should be impeached for. Oh! <laughs> That's too much. I can't handle it. I can't handle all of this fucking irony. It's getting to me. He accused Donald Trump of forcing Stormy Daniels to sign an NDA under duress whilst he was forcing Stormy Daniels to sign documents under duress. (laughs) I mean, what the hell is going on? He accused Donald Trump of extorting money whilst he was extorting money. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to be a crook, you've at least got to be smart about it. You've at least got to be smart about it. Thank you for the super hearts. Like, if you rob a bank, don't step outside the bank and rip your mask off and start handing people $50 notes on the street. Here, why don't you get yourself something nice? (laughs) I've just come into a little bit of cash, and I want to spread it around. Don't do that. You make the hit, you get in the getaway car, and you get back to the fucking safe house, man. You keep your head down for about six months. You don't spend a dime. And then maybe after six months or a year even, you start to take a little bit of money out of that account. Right? But not this guy. He robs the bank. He robs the bank and whilst dressed in the bank robbing gear, walks directly across the road to the Ferrari dealership and says, hook me up with a Testarossa. There, yeah, I'll pay in cash. Look, I've got the cash right here in a fucking suitcase. So <laughs> don't worry about counting it. We didn't have time. Here, just just throw it in the boot. It'll be fine. Throw it in the trunk. <laughs> Hi everyone, honest lawyer here, honest guy. It's unbelievable,
7: unbelievable. It, for a lawyer, this is the most sacred—the sacred, sacred agreement that you that your duty is to your client, right. and that you have to share everything with your client. So you know this is this is big
2: do we know where this goes at this point what we've we've had is an indictment unsealed um have you heard yet gee it looks like we're going overtime
1: i haven't we're not even 20 percent into the material that i've got here so it's going to be a long one i hope you settle in i hope you're ready we haven't even gotten to europe yet we haven't even gotten to all of these crazy weird and wonderful stories like the underwear that hides your erection on the beach that is a must see If you get anything from this episode, which is called This Is Serious, an episode of the Daily Boogie, it is going to be the underwear that you can now buy, which hides your erection at the beach. This this is must-see material. We will get to it. I don't want to rush things. I don't want to rush things. Uh, Here's just a little quick reminder, by the way, from the good people over. I keep losing my thing here. Very professional. Here's a quick little reminder, by the way, by the good people of Newsbusters who do all these fantastic compilations. Uh, This is what the mainstream press was saying about the wonderful lawyer, Michael Avenatti. Turn off the super heart noises. Is it too much? All All right. Give me a second. I'll turn off the noise completely. Turn it off.
2: All the way.
3: Okay.
1: okay should be okay now noises are off this is a, this is the people's show you want silence I'll give you a damn silence but thank you so much see the good people over at Newsbusters who put together all of these little compilations this was the corporate press over the last 12 months in their glowing praise of the finest lawyer <laughs> the lawyer butter wouldn't melt in his mouth when he farts rainbows shoot out of his ass into a into a toilet bowl which then fills with jelly beans. He can't he can't put a foot wrong.
3: And you know what? I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. For the last couple of weeks I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. The Democrats could learn something for you. You are <laughs> messing with Trump a lot more than
5: they are. With well, Abadati, who who has done, uh, you know, fascinating legal job and political job here at the same time. Since he's taken on the Stormy Daniels case and has had some success and failure in the courtroom, but had a tremendous amount of success in the public sphere.
7: L- lately, to me, you're like the Holy
5: Spirit. You are. <laughs> but he has a
7: great of The Holy Spirit.
1: Here, being a lawyer is minimal compared. To- he is Jesus. Avernali, my sweet lawyer I really want to work for you Won't you work for me too Won't you take my money and remove that president fool Avernali, my sweet lawyer Wonderful, isn't it? It's just like Jesus.
7: What
9: he's doing. The priesthood? Whatever. (laughs) He's out there saving the country.
2: Rudy Giuliani did something today that Donald Trump has not dared to do. Rudy Giuliani
1: insulted Michael Avenatti. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now everyone's doing it. Now everyone's insulting him. <laughs>
2: That's true. And he, He's a beast. He's a beast. And he keeps popping Donald Trump and all of his folks in the mouth repeatedly. Yeah. He's a beast. He's, yes. a beast. he's a
1: beast. He's a beast. He's a beast with a brand new pair of Nikes. Yeah. Well done. Uh, do you remember this? Results of months-long investigation into racist photo on Northam yearbook page. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a long-time listener of this podcast, like I know very few of you are, I thought I turned you off. I thought I turned you off. Oh, well, we're screwed. (laughs) I've I've put the volume all the way down to the bottom, and it's still making noise. So I'll figure that out next time. (laughs) Hang on, maybe if I do this. Maybe that'll work. Probably not. Probably not. Probably won't. He's a beast. Beast mode. Beast mode. So, yeah, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, which very few people have, um, and quite rightly, I might add, then you'll know my general cynicism when it comes to government investigations. I'm now fighting the hearts, yes. Government investigations, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it came as very little shock to me when I saw this earlier today.
4: After four months, more than 50 interviews and direct questioning of Governor Ralph Northam, investigators still don't know whether or not he was in that racist photo on his medical school yearbook page or if it got there by mistake. If it got there by mistake.
1: (laughs) Someone just accidentally put on a fucking white hood. Someone accidentally bathed in shoe polish and stood in front of a camera smiling. Hey! Someone accidentally put it in the yearbook. All of these accidents had to take place. It was just a big accident. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how this could have happened. (laughs) God. (laughs) See, this is the other thing too. Like, This is why I'm not a big fan of these... These moves of like, you know, delving into people's past and stuff. But a yearbook is a little bit different to posting someone's private conversations, right? It's in the yearbook. Somebody had to approve it. Speak to the editor. Can we get the editor of the yearbook? Do they even have editors? How the hell does this work? (laughs) The trolls are giving me super. It's great. (laughs) My plan is complete. I love trolls. I love trolls paying me. I love trolls paying me. It's fantastic stuff. So four months we investigated this this yearbook taxpayer your your taxpayer dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Your money at work, and just to come out at the end of it and say, well, it might have been an accident. You never you never know. You never know. It could be easily easily explainable. You see, the chap. It looks like it looks like to the untrained eye that the one chap is standing there in a Ku Klux Klan outfit but what you'll actually find is he was drunk on his way home from a party and he was wearing one of those traffic cones on his head and this is back before the time this is before people had fences and he just happened to walk through some poor maid's washing line and he got caught in a bed sheet that's how that happened uh, the chap who looks like he's standing there in blackface, again to the untrained eye, was actually a chimney sweep. That's actually Dick Van Dyke in that photo. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim I'm taking a photo with racists like you. Chim chimney, chim chim-a-ney, chim chim. Let's all get together because we hate Nick. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> no stop it. Stop it. I might end up in a yearbook.
2: We weighed all the evidence that we had, and based on that, we cannot conclusively identify
4: either person He's in, in, a in the photograph, off. and that includes Governor Northern. According to the 37-page report released Wednesday, yearbook staff at Eastern Virginia Medical School described a, quote, chaotic process of putting yearbooks together. Investigators say, quote, scant documentation of the process and fading memory made getting real fading answers memory. difficult.
8: I will note that our inquiry in this regard was restricted by the passage of time ah. and by the dearth of contemporaneous documents.
1: Isn't it? Again. Oh, man, I'm getting a headache from all of this irony here. 45 years ago. We allege that 45 years ago, a young Brett Kavanaugh had one too many beer skis. He loves beer, by the way. He's a big fan of beer. Nobody's denying that. Objection. Who doesn't love beer, you communist? Sustained. Forty-five weird alleged that 45 years ago, a young Brett Kavanaugh, after having one too many beers at the local swimming pools, traipsed his way home and in a drunken rage tried to rape my client. Gee, isn't it a little... Does it, doesn't it become a little bit tricky to make these kinds of accusations? I mean, over such a long period of time, memories are hazy. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no, no. Memories for things like that don't just disappear. I mean, what are you, some kind of science denier? The memory is good. The information is good. The evidence is clear. You must convict. How how dare you question somebody's memory for something that took place four decades ago?
4: How dare you? Fading memory made getting real answers difficult.
8: I will note that our inquiry in this regard was restricted by the passage of time and by the dearth of contemporaneous documentation.
4: Uh. In two interviews with investigators, Northam maintained he was not in the racist picture. Investigators write, quote, he noted the person in the blackface had much larger legs than he did in medical school and the person.
1: (laughs) Well, you see, that can't be me. I can't be that gentleman in the blackface, because, as you'll notice, that man in the photograph there, his legs are much larger than mine. You see, when I stand over the baby, I am much closer to the scalpel than this gentleman would be, so that clearly, that could not be me. And the person in the KK robes is much shorter than he is, and I had no short friends in my time back in school.
4: And the KKK robes is much shorter than he is. Irrefu- Irrefutable
1: evidence, ladies and gentlemen. Irrefutable ed- ev- evidence. This was uh, shared with me the other day. I can't remember who shared it. But they said, just in case you show it. So apologies, because I can't remember who shared it. But we have to have a look at this. this? We
8: begin with breaking news at 11 and what may be the wildest and most dangerous pursuit in L.A. history. A driver in a huge RV rampaging her way across city streets. <laughs> he really doesn't
1: care. He's going to hit whatever it takes to evade oh, police. Bro, assume assume gender much? He? Did you hear the report? They were saying she, she, she. I would say it's plainly obvious. I was plainly obvious. Men aren't that bad at driving RVs, right? Come on, lads, are you with me? Am I right? here, and once again, maybe- you wouldn't see a man try to make that turn in an RV with that turning circle, please. This is clearly a woman behind the wheel. <laughs> and just like that, all the women left the chat. Just like that. <sighs> Good. Now we can talk about penises and carburetors and all that kind of shit. You know,
8: the U-turn right, uh, slicing right through that tree there and the windshield just came off. Yeah, the whole side is missing. Look at that. Even with a gaping hole and wobbling <laughs> wheels, this RV pursuit isn't over yet. With no windshield, very obstructed views now squeezing through traffic. And what happened next, no one expected. It's a female. It's a female driver. I think it's a female driver. Very-
1: I hope they booked her for having the dog up on her lap of all things. So you're going to get 10 years in prison for uh you know dangerous driving, evading arrest, whatever 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 other serious charges that they can throw on this, but then just give her a fine for having the dog on her lap as well, plus a $400 fine. That dog should have been restrained in the back of the RV. You animal
8: Very animated. There might be two dogs. There are two dogs in her lap. Barely able to make that left turn really, really wide. And the The dog's like, get me out of here. (laughs) She's a fucking lunatic. Get me out of here. Dog is scared. Oh no! Oh. Goodness gracious.
1: He's all right. The dog
8: is running away. The dog is okay. The dog is running away. There's still another dog on her lap. The RV driver takes off again. But desperate times call for desperate measures, and you've got to believe they are considering everything at this point. Another oh, oh. No. right into that black sedan.
3: Okay, took a spin and now she's hitting the curb once again. Uh, we're south of Ventura Boulevard now,
8: making our way up into the hills. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! Had, uh, oh my god! Right into the tree. Slammed right into a silver sedan there that was pulling into a driveway, and the pursuit has now come to a crash ending at.
0: There's your
1: headline, ladies and gentlemen. Female driver attempts to park RV. Horrible. Horrifying. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just going to milk that. Uh, Here was an update.
8: Dog. Oh, this is just getting worse and
5: worse and worse.
7: At one point, a dog appeared out of the front window. It then jumped out, but the video is too disturbing to show.
5: Oh, my. Yeah.
1: There you go. Hope the tree was unhurt. Good comment in the chat. Dog days of (laughs) (laughs) pre-summer. Ladies and gentlemen. Young people are increasingly pessimistic about their lives, survey finds. That's news to me. I can't understand what the young people would have a problem with in this modern age of politics and philosophy going... straight down the toilet. Uneasiness and pessimism abound among the majority of the world's population. Deloitte has released its global millennial survey of 13,416 millennials born between 1983 and 1994 spread across 42 countries and 3,000 plus changed Gen Z respondents born between 1995 and 2002 from 10 countries. The firm has conducted the survey for the past eight years. Some interesting things here. Gen Zs are less likely to be dissatisfied with their work situation than millennials. Do you remember seeing those studies come out a couple of years ago where they were saying the Gen Zs are a little bit more conservative than the millennials are? Do you remember that? If you don't remember, you can Google it up. But they were saying Gen Z is more conservative than their millennial comrades. Look at this. Millennials are more uh, dissatisfied with their pay. Millennials think they don't have enough opportunities to advance, more so than the Gen Z. The millennials say they have a lack of learning opportunities. That's pretty close. Millennials, I don't feel appreciated. 23% of millennials don't feel appreciated, while 15% of Gen Z don't feel appreciated. So the millennials are definitely more whingy. They're crying more. The difference between Gen Zs and millennials is, according to the survey, much more visible when making a comparison across countries. In China and India, Gen Zs were more optimistic about the future, Meanwhile, youth in major economic powers were pessimistic about the world and whether their place in it will improve. Gen Z to outnumber millennials within a year. There you go. Interesting. So let's, let's layer that in to our discussion about Europe. The European elections have started in the UK. I see UK Neil in the chat. He went out and voted today for the Brexit party and Nigel Farage. Farage and the brexit tears <laughs> double vision says you actually have to do something to be appreciated <laughs> baby boomers don't count anymore they just need a good slap you see this is good advice coming here <laughs> good comment because labeling them gen z isn't apocalyptic at all <laughs> european elections can anything alter the rise of the far right surely more censorship more censorship, more mass migration, more socialization of the economy, more integration of Europe into local constabularies and local governments. This is the only thing that can halt the far right. You see, the problem with the far right, the problem with socialism yeah, here is, it's not a problem with socialism, it's a problem we haven't done enough socialism to it yet. That's the problem with the EU. The way we're going to fix the EU is take all of the things that we've been doing up until this point, which has apparently given birth to the far-right movement in Europe, and just do it more. That's surely going to fix the problem. What are all these far-right people complaining about anyway? Let's just do it, let's just do it twice as much. Then they'll love us. What could go wrong Voters go to the polls across the EU from Thursday for elections to European Parliament that reflect a continent largely politically in step, debating the same issues in sync. It's not so much the long hoped for coming together of a common sense of Europeanness, whatever the hell that means, but a reflection in many of the member states of a clash of profoundly different ideas about where Europe should be going. Here's a news flash for you Europe has never been a common sense of Europeanness. Europe has always been a kitten's whisker away from bloodbath and war at all times with itself. You want to know why? (laughs) You want to know why there isn't a sense of, even though these publications and politicians like to preach about, we're all one Europe, we're all Europeans, we're all together in this, we all have the same shared values, it is complete and utter total garbage. In Europe, you can spend 10 hours on a train or a plane or even driving your car and go through a dozen different countries with different cultures, different peoples, different ethnicities, even though they all look white. And even though modern education likes to tell us that all white people are the same, when they're really not, there are a whole bunch of different white people. I mean... Anglo, Anglo-Saxons, Celtics, Slavs, right? Germanic. The whole fucking lot.
0: You're insane.
1: <laughs> There's a whole bunch of different people in Europe and they all have always had their own ideas of what Europe is and where what their place in it is. So this... This myth that they like to perpetuate that, oh, it's all just a one, it's one European, it's a common sense of Europeanness. It is utter garbage. I've never heard such garbage in my entire life. And you ask anybody from a European country who isn't a brain dead drone swallowing this tripe, and they will tell you that Europe is a very, very different place. Very different place from one place to the next. Why do you run your voice through a voice modifier? <laughs> okay.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> wow.
1: I think you'll find it's called a good quality microphone. See this? See this, see this tapping here? Now I know not everybody is aware of a thing called a microphone. Some people like to scream obscenities at phones placed across the room and that's fine. That's fine. But you see here in a sound studio with a mixer and a good quality microphone and sound diffusing foam up on the walls, that's your voice modification software. Very high tech stuff. Very high-tech stuff. Only being used in sound studios all over the world for the last 80 years. But I'm glad to see you're on it. You're a very clever cookie. Not much gets past you, does it? Well done, my friend. Well done. The polling in 28 states with 350 million citizens of voting age will fill 751 seats in the parliament, dropping to 705 if the UK leaves the EU. Voting takes place in the UK and Netherlands on Thursday, that would be today, and in Ireland and the Czech Republic the following day, with the rest to follow over the weekend. What can stop, can anything halt the far right, ladies and gentlemen? Well, seeing as the millennials and the Gen Zs are very, very upset with the way the world is going, I thought I'd go straight to the source and see what the young people think about it.
3: Countries have almost fallen apart over the last couple of years all because of that vote that I didn't have a say in.
9: The European Parliament elections are about to happen and there's lots of 18 year olds like me who are voting for the very first time after not having a say in the EU referendum. So tonight I'm going to a party to meet up with a few people and hear their views. So how's everyone feeling about voting for the first time? I'm going to go vote because even if it doesn't have a direct impact on our country, it does tell politicians what we're thinking about, particularly young people who haven't had the chance to vote before.
3: You're almost voting on what you Want out
0: of Brexit rather than what you
1: want out of the European Parliament. It is actually clay, it is a road microphone. Australia first, baby.
9: Why do you think that this election matters? I think it absolutely matters because, well first of all, they'll be there for at least a few months and whatever they come with on the agenda, that will be staying within the EU Parliament.
4: I just think it's the government's pretty lousy job of dealing with Brexit and hence why we're now in a European election when we should have been out in March. I think it's really exciting that I get to have my voice heard in this country. Ah.
1: Ah, the youth to be young again. Remember that first time when you went to go vote, how exciting it was? It's exciting. We're going to have our voices heard. Little does he know the road that has been set forth before him. That 50 years from now, he'll be voting in a particular way because they're not listening to us. (laughs) They haven't been listening to us for the last 30 or 40 years. That's what becomes of the people who start out on their voting career saying, I'm just so excited to have my my voice heard. We're going to have our voices heard. We're going to stand up and be counted. 50 years from now, he'll be voting because they haven't listened to us for the last 50 years. They've never listened to our voices and we need to stand up and be counted.
3: For something that is affecting me now, when it comes to yeah. going for jobs and yeah. studying and salaries and things like that, it's quite annoying because it's pretty affected me more than it's affected some of these older people. It's nice to be able to have a bit more to
9: say now. So, what do you want to see happen in this election? I, like a lot of young people, really want to see the climate crisis addressed.
2: Well,
1: the climate, the climate crisis addressed. Okay. Okay. By what? The European Parliament? The European Parliament, that is a strictly ceremonial affair. The politicians in European Parliament can vote for things, but it doesn't matter a jot. It doesn't change anything. The real laws and the real directives and the real policies come from an institution called the European Commission. See, it's not her fault. It's not her fault that if she thinks if she votes green in the European elections that somebody is going to do something about climate change. What that something is is never explained. What the action should be is never articulated. Never. But doesn't matter. As long as you say you want action on climate change, well, somebody's doing something. Somebody must be doing something. Didn't you hear? They said action on climate change. Where's the action? Show me the action. What action are we talking about? Well, you know, somebody's going to make a speech, for one. People haven't been making enough speeches in European Parliament about the climate up until this point. So somebody is going to be making a speech. That's fantastic. That's kind of action-y, isn't it? So I feel sorry for these kids. The one of them had it right where he said, well, yeah, I'm going to vote because for the last three months, they said we'd be out of Brexit and I don't want to have to vote. I'm going to vote because we shouldn't be voting because we should have been out of Europe by now. What the hell happened there? He, he understands it. He's got it. He's got the adequate level of cynicism right where it should be already. But this poor girl, she's going to have her heart broken. Especially, especially when Angela Merkel signs a new deal to bring in all of that sweet Russian gas. <laughs> when Angela Merkel starts firing up the diesel generators because they can't get enough energy from the renewable energy sources and their CO2 output actually goes up in the last five years. Thanks to action on climate change.
9: Because we're barreling towards a catastrophe and it's really not being reflected in politics because we are so obsessed with talking about Brexit.
4: I've got three younger siblings who are all going to grow up here as well as I do and it's not fair for them if everything goes wrong.
0: Yeah, there's no point... In voting because uh, all the parties involved are not really doing it for our benefit.
1: (laughs) I like this kid. I like this guy. Notice that they had to show an empty shot glass, though. He's the most sane, rational one out of all of them. But look, they had to show an empty shot glass. Why do you think they did that?
2: There's no point
1: in voting because uh, all. Oh, he must be drunk. (laughs) He must be drunk. Only only a drunkard would say that there's no point voting because all of the politicians are crooks and aren't going to do what we want anyway. He must be off his head. He must be off his chops to be thinking this kind of rubbish. The real reason to be voting is because you want action on climate change. Repeat after me. Action, action, on, on, climate, climate change. But what's the point in voting? They're not going to do what we want anyway. I mean... The whole idea of voting is stupid because people vote for things and then the politicians do what they want.
0: Listen, listen to this drunken idiot, would you? Holy cow. the parties involved are not really doing it for our benefit.
3: I will go vote. No, I won't. I don't like cameras.
4: (laughs) I felt that this would have been sorted within a few months of the first vote, but we're here now.
3: You're done
4: yet? Yeah. <laughs> there you
1: go. One sane kid out of five. As there are European elections, ladies and gentlemen, and parties like UKIP and Brexit with their figureheads such as Nigel Farage and Sargon of a CAD whose real name is Carl something. I can't remember his real name. Essentially content creators running the election, thus a lot of content is being created and other people have gotten in on the act resorting to throwing milkshakes you remember in the last episode we did which was a couple of days ago now uh, we went over that hero, that young hero the balding morbidly obese man with bold frame glasses, neck beard and video game t-shirt who whilst walking down the street was confronted with a very difficult situation and a very troubling decision to make For in his hand, he clutched a delicious creamy treat known as a salted caramel and banana milkshake. But in his heart, in his heart, ladies and gentlemen, it was beating a rebellious drum. He wanted to bash the fash. He wanted to stand up to bigotry and racism. He wanted to stand up to that symbol of hate ideology that is Nigel Farage. But alas, he had no comrades. He had no firearms, he had no baton. All he had was a delicious milky treat purchased at the local ice cream shop. And so he did what any upstanding European patriot would do. He removed the cap from that delicious beverage and hurled its contents at the figure of hatred known as Nigel Farage, thus granting himself 15 seconds of fame on the local news whilst he boasted to the police who arrested him and tried to explain away his actions as merely doing the right thing. Standing up. Standing up for what's right. And so we have this clip from Novara Media delving deep into the morals of milkshaking and stochastic terrorism. Stochastic terrorism being another word for random terrorism.
9: (laughs) Milkshake, hot wings. Hot wings. Breaking news, a wave of milkshakings has taken place across the UK. At the time of recording, Tommy Robinson has been milkshaked twice, Nigel Farage got milk shook, and Carl of Swindon got absolutely covered in the stuff. And as far as I know, the flavours have been strawberry and also banana and salted caramel. Ooh, fancy. Now, a lot of the people who have spoken out against...
1: It's also fun, isn't it? It's fun. It's good. It's fun to stand up to the fash. It's a terrible shame to waste a delicious milkshake, but some, you know, darn it, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do.
9: This tidal wave of milkshakings have said that it's not in defence of the individuals in question that Tommy Robinson, Carl Benjamin, and indeed Nigel Farage are all absolutely reprehensible. What they argue is that we can't lower ourselves to their level by giving up on polite and rational debate altogether. <laughs>
1: Actually, darling, you'll be pleased to know everybody wants the milkshake throwers to lower themselves to the level of just speaking things. That's really the whole debate here. If you have to lower yourself from hurling milkshakes to just calmly speaking to somebody, then you know that you're on the wrong side of this debate. Sorry to use a phrase from that side, but you're on the wrong side of history here. You know, the world wasn't conquered by... (laughs) The world wasn't conquered by diabetics with milkshakes. You realise that, don't you? Everybody, storm Starbucks! Ah. We shouldn't bring themselves down to their level. When I see Nigel Farage throwing a milkshake at somebody, then you can say you're bringing yourself down to his level. And
9: turning to dairy. Now, you might already know what I think about debates. I think they're kind of dumb. But I do think we need to more seriously engage with this idea yes,
1: that. Yes, Dr. S. A very astute observation in the chat. Wasn't milk like white supremacy just last year? Indeed, it was. Indeed, it was. So, sure enough, they are bathing the bigots and the racists and the fascists in white supremacy, right? By throwing the milkshake at them. I get that. If they pay for the milkshake originally, aren't they now just perpetuating the white supremacist regime? Aren't they now just funneling money into the pockets of people who want to profit off white supremacy? The milkshake makers? The ice cream men? The hot dog standers? It's Horrifying.
9: A milkshake in your mush or on your gums constitutes some kind of fundamental threat to democratic values. Now, is having milkshake lobbed at politicians an ideal condition of politics? Sorry to be a centrist, but I think I'm going to have to say no. Oh, but
1: then again... Not- very, very controversial. Very controversial decision. I wonder if she got milkshaked for expressing this heinous view that people shouldn't be milkshaked. Very, She's very brave. Very brave young lady
9: is having an MEP candidate repeatedly make rape jokes about a female Uh, Labour MP with utter impunity.
1: Okay. I don't support milkshaking. I'm going to make a couple of sweet little jokes about milkshaking and do a couple of little skits about milkshaking, but I don't support milkshaking because these guys say things. (laughs) Every time you hear milkshake, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. So milkshaking, milkshaking, I'm not... She, she didn't actually come out and say it's a bad thing, by the way. She said, I don't approve of it. <laughs> I mean, there are good things that I don't approve of. Uh, you know, tapping oil wells is a good thing. But if somebody wanted to tap an oil well in my living room, I would not approve of it. You know what I mean? So there's a difference between saying uh, I'm against X and I do not approve of X. There's a very slight nuanced little difference there. You can ride that fence, you see. I'm in favor of Formula One racing cars, but I I do not approve of people driving 300 kilometers an hour in my street. You see the difference? (laughs) So she's not saying that she's anti-milkshake. She just doesn't approve of you throwing it. But let's be honest here. All we're doing is standing up to people who say mean things on Twitter. And correct, in the chat, Dr. S, this tweet is about not raping. He says, I wouldn't even rape you. You <laughs> should be celebrating. All right. Here's, here's a toxic male who isn't raping somebody. He should get a fucking medal, shouldn't he? Congratulations for him coming out and admitting that he's not currently raping anyone. That's quite an achievement. We've come a long way. Progress, ladies and gentlemen men are no longer afraid to publicly admit that they are not currently raping somebody. Well done. Well done, boys. Well done, lads. This is good progress.
9: Or for that matter, the candidacy of Tommy Robinson, also known as Stephen Yaxley-Lennon, a man with a proven history of violence. Of racism.
1: (laughs) A proven history of violence. So they show uh, two and a half seconds of a clip which is the aftermath aftermath of somebody coming up and punching him in the face. See, just don't be disa- just say that you don't like Tommy Robinson because of the things he says. That's fine. But why why do you have to go the extra mile and frame things? It's plainly obvious to anybody who has seen this clip, and anybody can look at this clip that this guy ran up and attacked him. So you don't have to you don't have to frame it. You don't have to cut it. You don't have to edit it. You can be honest and just come out and say we don't like Tommy Robinson because he says things we don't like. Fine. That's for, you're allowed to do that. That's perfectly fine. But when they go this extra mile, it's just my eyes roll back in my head so violently, I give myself whiplash.
9: Of racism.
1: Uh. Uh,
0: taxi. Um, yeah, a little
9: f- b- kid, and appalling taste in suits. <laughs> that one's self-evident. The most controversial milkshaking to date has been that of Nigel Farage, probably because he's already an elected MEP, but also because his safest seat has proved to be on BBC panel
1: shows. Uh,
9: Tommy Robinson, Carl Benjamin... and
1: He got milkshaked because he goes on the BBC. The reason he got milkshaked is because he, he goes on the BBC. He goes on television. That's why he got milkshaked, right? See, I'm, I must be out of the loop. I would have thought he got milkshaked because some emotionally unstable individual, some knuckle-dragger in the street, threw a milkshake at him for their own inane, shallow, you know, childish reasons. I thought that's why he got milkshaked. Because somebody on the street saw, hey, that's Nigel Farage, let's get him, he's a racist, bigot, fucking... Uh. And hurled it. No, but see, I was wrong. And I'll admit that I was wrong. The real reason that Nigel Farage got milkshaked was because he shows up on the BBC far too often. Ah, ah. Now it makes sense. Now it all makes sense. If, if only he showed up on the BBC one less time, he would have been milkshake-free. Of course, obviously. Obviously.
9: Nigel Farage differ in their levels of mainstream respectability but all three of them share this one tactic in common. We've all seen the video
1: Cleo asks in the chat, is that assault? Yes, an assault, an assaulted caramel and banana milkshake. Yes, you are quite
0: correct.
9: Videos of Tommy throwing punches or Carl Benjamin saying he's raped someone if pressured <laughs> but it's worth pointing out that Nigel Farage also uses a lot of violent rhetoric yes. in his public appearances Violent
0: rhetoric.
1: Then
2: I will be false the car key, pick up a
9: rifle, And a
0: line. just the
1: violent rhetoric, ladies and gentlemen.
9: Eight days after Labour and Peter-
1: Like nobody uses war analogies. War analogies are violent rhetoric. Coming up later on the on the, on the BBC. Coming up later, Arsenal playing Manchester United. Can the warriors of Manchester United go over the brink and win the war against their? North London rivals. <laughs> right? Nobody uses war analogies. That's violent rhetoric.
9: Cox was shot and stabbed to death by a right-wing nationalist. Nigel Farage boasted that the Brexit campaign had been won without a single bullet being fired. So when I brought this up in the <laughs> mainstream media... Good audio.
1: <laughs> Where's the audio? <laughs> we were talking. We were talking about voice modification software earlier. This is next level voice modification software. They turned him into goldfish.
9: Let being fired. So when I brought this
1: up, <laughs> yes, yes, fucking amazing. <laughs>
9: the mainstream media I've just been dismissed by people saying-
1: they modified the hell out of Nigel's voice <laughs> see what we didn't what we didn't hear there was he was saying I I hate everybody I hate everybody I and mean, I'm a fascist pig
9: Saying that Nigel Farage is simply an eccentric or he's a blusterer using metaphors. I disagree. I think something much deeper is going on here. And it's this thing called stochastic terrorism. What stochastic terrorism refers to are public speech acts by prominent figures which are deliberately designed to inflame tensions.
0: Wow. So.
1: So. (laughs) So the diabetic chaps clutching their milkshakes hurling their milkshakes at figures like nigel farage and and tommy they're the heroes here now see i didn't say throwing milkshakes is bad but i certainly w- i certainly don't approve of it but let's be honest here let's be real the re- <laughs> the re- the real terrorists here are the people making political speeches People are making political speeches. That is terrorism, ladies and gentlemen. That is the reason for all of these milkshake throwings. Yes, like in the chat, people are like, what?
9: So when I have brought this up in the mainstream media, I've just been dismissed by people saying that Nigel Farage is simply an eccentric or he's a blusterer using metaphors. I disagree. I think something much deeper is going on here. Okay. And it's this thing called stochastic terrorism. Right. What stochastic terrorism refers to are public speech acts by prominent figures, which are deliberately designed to inflame tensions. So it might be dehumanizing language against racial minority groups.
1: Wow, these Scot- st- what was it stochastic terrorists, stochastic terrorists. Nigel Farage, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm 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 glad we're all educated now. Um, the people throwing milkshakes are the real heroes here. The people making political speeches and using war analogies in their political speeches, thus becoming linguistic terrorists. Inflaming tensions and causing acts of violence, like the milkshake throwings themselves, <clears throat> they're engaging in rhetorical, rhetorical wizardry in the form of terrorism, ladies and gentlemen. Um, by the way, you'll be pleased to know that the European elections aren't the only elections going on. Remember, <laughs> remember politicians saying things is is equal to terrorism. Now, just so you know.
5: The 40,000 people packed into this soccer stadium aren't here for a match. They're here for a rally, for an upstart political party, the EFF. The EFF are challenging the African National Congress, the party Nelson Mandela belonged to, and that has controlled South Africa since the end of apartheid. This was the last rally before the election. Today, they went to the polls. Why did you come out here today? To show us how the people of South Africa that we have an understanding of what the ANC promised to us, and then they failed. Now, we have a person who's responsible so, and be accountable on whatever the promises that they made. <laughs> The EFF seems to be really popular among young people. Yes. Why do you think that is?
9: I think that young people want change. I think that young people want to own this world. Young people want to run this country. Because old people have failed us.
5: And the old people is the ANC.
9: It's ANC. We need young blood. We need young people, hyper people. Yes, to go this thing.
1: Young communists. Bears- I, ju- I just love when um, a whole bunch of people get into a stadium wearing the same shirt. And because they're all individuals, you see. We are individuals with our own views. We are independent thinkers and individuals with our own views. And we are young and we are empowered. And we're ready to take this country back and run it because the old people, the old people have been running us into a ground, into the ground, into a ditch. We are independent, vibrant individuals all wearing the exact same shirt. Barely existed last election cycle. The turnout is pretty impressive.
3: Mandela is headed over the gate to a younger generation. And that younger generation is in the EFF.
5: Julius Malema is the founder of the EFF. Malema is a divisive figure.
1: Yes, a man in his mid to late fifties speaking about the youth of <laughs> the youth of South Africa taking the power back. To put it lightly, he's been convicted of hate speech
5: twice: once for chanting songs encouraging killing white farmers, and once for saying that the victim of a rape enjoyed it.
1: But uh, he should run. He should run for government in Europe. He should run for government in Europe. I mean, he's making rape jokes. He's making racially charged comments. He's just like Nigel Farage. He's just like Sargon of Akkad. It's the exact same thing. There's no difference. No difference whatsoever. <laughs> Words have power, ladies and gentlemen. So does communism. All right, let's change it up. We'll work our way towards wrapping it up. We're in the final stretch now. Thanks so much for staying with us. You are on the Daily Boogie with Boogie Bumper. Hope you've had a lovely night. We're we're, we're coming around the final bend now. Just a couple of stories to close us out. Squash tournament gives female champs vibrators while men get trophies. Now, ladies in the chat, are you considering taking up scotch? Scotch. (laughs) Well, you should be taking up scotch if you're listening to this show. But are you considering taking up squash? Tournament bosses have been forced to resign after complaints over the goodie basket, which also included waxing kits. Now, see, waxing kits are fine for squash because it makes you more aerodynamic on the court. Fans were horrified when the top four women were handed the Durex sex toys along with beauty treatments. The gadget is described as a quote, this is fantastic writing, elegant personal stimulator to give sensual pleasure. It's almost like a wine review. Elizabeth Sado Garriga won the Austria Squash Championship, followed by Olea Fernandez Lenz, Marina Arazia Mier, and Cristina Barandica Fernandez. Why do all of these people have three names? What is it with squash players and having three names? Uh they're all future assassins, you'll be pleased to know. There's the trophies there. <laughs> trophy, pick up your trophy and your dildo. Congratulations. <laughs> No explanation was given for why sports bosses in Gijon, Spain thought they would welcome the prizes along with the trophies that were also, that were also given to the men. Shocked hosts. <laughs> it is pretty insane. I mean, you're a professional athlete. You train your whole life to go into this squash tournament. You win the squash tournament. All of those years of sacrifice and hard work have finally come to fruition. You get up on the stage in your moment, your shining moment, the shining moment of your entire career, and some guy hands you a dildo. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is this? The hell am I supposed to do here? Shocked hosts on radio show We Win With Women fumed. They were degrading, shocking, harmful, inconceivable, but sadly real. Bosses at Club Squash Oviedo apologise that the winners felt aggrieved. Ah, see, that's it's such a slimy way to apologise, isn't it? That I hate those slimy apologies. You better don't apologise. Don't apologise if you think it's a good idea to hand uh, squash winners, female tournament winners, dildos along with their trophies and waxing kits. If you think it's a good idea, then don't apologise. But it's like, I'm sorry that you felt bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> You can't get out of it like that. You have to actually be sorry, or don't don't be sorry. You can't be sorry that somebody felt aggrieved. But stress they had not meant to be sexist, three organisers of the event have resigned and taken up a spot with this company, ladies and gentlemen. Pornhub unveils its boneless bathing suit to prevent unwanted public erections.
0: Yes! Yes!
1: Unfortunately for me, it's about 20 years too late. But yes, I can hear all the acne-laden young lads jumping for joy around the world. Just when you thought you'd seen it all in the world of fashion, along comes a product that changes everything. Cue the bonerless bathing suit. Getting an unwanted erection in public is every man's worst nightmare. But an ingenious piece of new technology could make them a thing of the past. No, when... This isn't this isn't the article. This is me talking. No, we're not talking about cutting your penis off, but we're talking about something much better. Just so you know, lads, put the scalpel down. There is hope. That's because adult entertainment website Pornhub has launched a limited edition bonerless bathing suit equipped with a special lining to help conceal protruding body parts. You know what we're talking about. They come complete with <laughs> they come complete with special built-in lining made from 100% lycra which is designed to hold down your member without strangling it or making it uncomfortable. There you go. Now see. Now it's a, it's a, you know, it's a pretty pretty sporting sporty looking little bit of gear, if I do say so myself. It's quite flash pun intended, but here's the problem, right? If you are trying to conceal the fact that you get erections, whilst in a public bathing space, like, say, the beach or the local swimming pool, why then would you walk around with a pair of shorts on that say Boneless Tech? Now, see, the, if they have to, if this is going to work, then you can't put the name of the product on the product because instead of everybody looking at your erection, they are now looking at the shorts you're wearing because they know that you're going to get an erection. <laughs> you are now wearing erection proof shorts instead of just wearing an erection. <laughs> so what's the point? What's what's the point at that at that stage? What difference at this point does it make? Haha. I fooled everybody. Nobody could see that I had a raging erection while I was at the beach. Everybody could see that I was wearing my erection-proof swimming trunks, though. (laughs) (laughs) We worked hard on the development of this first-of-a-kind bathing suit that should help ease, comfort, and increase enjoyment for the most masterful of bathers and water sports amateurs alike. Pornhub Vice President Corey Price. Again, we're in strange territory here where porn websites are now going into the fashion world. It used to always be the other way around. You know, once upon a time, the lingerie designers, the underwear designers would find themselves in the porn world. Now the porn world is stepping on their territory. Next thing you know, there's going to be porn companies that have fashion houses that are going to be doing catwalks in Paris. Now, if you'll just avert your gaze to the lovely young Marcus, you'll see that he's looking sharp in his boner-free underwear. It gets even better. Who wants to see the commercial? (laughs) Who wants to see the commercial for the beach boner, bonerless underwear made by Pornhub? I know you want to let's do this sit back and enjoy this is utterly fantastic
3: it's been an
1: I'll just describe for the podcast listeners because they can't see. The Spring Break Jamboree. It's one of those old-fashioned, like, 1950s posters. And the names of the bands, the Surf Cocksters, the Dick Boys, the Mighty Butt Lords, the Pornados, the book, the Buck Car Keys, the Seaman the Fantastic Blowies, and the Transmen.
3: <laughs> it's a ride to the beach. There is no time to. Full of bodies dancing, there's Bathing suit with the bonerless technology that everyone's been talking about? (laughs) Dude,
0: you bet they are.
3: I love them. Oh man, that's totally rad. I can't believe that the answer to my friend.
1: There you go. With the promo code boner, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah. Oh. See, the world's not all bad. There are some amazing things going on in life. As long as you're paying attention, it's not all bad out there. Did I produce it? No. But someone quite correctly in the chat said this This looks like an Australian commercial. Yes. It does. An Australian commercial made this week. Couple more stories here for you. Ghostbusters Dan Aykroyd says aliens are here and they want sex with human women. I hope Dan was wearing his boneless trousers. Let's have a look.
6: they only land in isolated places they have taken people i believe they do have technology lord hill norton of the uh british defense staff but said uh, that uh, he believed tw- 23 people 23 different species are coming because they don't want anything to do with us i don't think we will ever have a formal relationship a formal contact with any alien species out there especially after 911 when we broke our toys in the sandbox if they were observing that goodbye human race And uh, honestly, I don't think they're a mass threat, but I do believe they're breaking the law. I'm serious. Title 18, 1202, read the.
1: Okay. Don't know what that was about. Ghostbusters star Dan Aykroyd is convinced aliens are already here and they want to have sex with human women. Do you remember the story we did a few weeks ago of the professor that came out and said the exact same thing? This idea is spreading. The actor says he's seen four UFOs and that most extraterrestrials who pop by Earth are just tourists coming to look at this beautiful planet. However, the start I guess I guess the next problem for us is going to be when aliens start outliving their outstaying their visas, their tourist visas. It's like, "Oh, no." If aliens came to Earth, ladies and gentlemen, and hovered their spacecrafts over the world's most populated areas and landed on Earth, and overstayed their tourist visas, there would be politicians calling you an alienophobe for not wanting to accept the alien invaders. Jeez, don't don't you think it's very terrestrial of you to <clears throat> not be tolerant of our alien visitors? I mean, what are you? Some kind of bigot. We stand with the aliens. <laughs> aliens are humans too. What? Wait, what? What? Ah, close enough. However. The star is concerned that some aliens want to harm people and use them as lab rats. Dan is convinced that 60% of us already know it's true. You know it's true. Great, I love that. That's my favourite argument. Really, Dan? Aliens are here on Earth having sex with human women and their tourists? Yes, you know it's true. Good point. He he got me there. The proof is going to start dribbling out. The aliens are interested in your over, your femininity, your reproductive parts and your DNA. Well, I would suggest to the aliens, you better get here lickety-split because there is an increasing number of human beings seeking to get rid of their reproductive parts, as we've discussed in previous episodes. So if you don't get down here soon, uh, there may be no more ovaries and penises left. Now might be the time to purchase your bonerless trousers, just so the aliens don't see that you are a fertile specimen. Good old Dan. They would love to draw blood and fluid and would love to impregnate a woman and produce a hybrid baby. This is what they're up to here. He added, I believe some aliens are here to harm us. There are many that come here with nefarious purposes and want to use us as lab rats. The Blues Brother actor 66 isn't the only star who has spoken about their alien encounters. Former model and ex-wife of Rolling Stones star Ronnie Wood, Joe Wood, has been open about her belief in the extraterrestrial too. She recently appeared on This Morning to talk about her new podcast, Alien Nation. Let's have a look.
9: We were on a family holiday and we are packing to go back and he was out in the the garden by this uh, house on the beach and he said, Joe, quick, there's some weird lights out here. Come and see this. And I thought, oh, what's he up to? He's mad. Mm. And I went outside and there, over the sea...
1: (laughs) Great comment in the chat from OC Mike. Aliens must not realise that Alyssa Milano and her ilk are on strike. Bad news, conservative women, the aliens are coming for you.
9: Was this shape which had lights that just came down onto reflected onto the sea and I stood there and watched it and it just lifted up and it went to the right and then it went and it was gone like
1: I don't and they look they look very genuinely interested in this story, don't they? Um, I don't think it's out of line to suggest that since uh, Joe Wood was married to one of the members of the Rolling Stones, that she has probably taken more LSD than the entirety of the population that attended Woodstock in the 1960s combined. So, you know, I think we can just parlay that into this little story, perhaps, maybe. Is that too harsh? Probably. She's a woman and she's supposed to be believed. One last story here for you. This was sent through by Sir Cal B on the Discord, and you can join us in the Discord if you wish. There's links out there. Somebody will get you a link. Calvin Klein forced to apologise for queer baiting video showing Bella Hadid kissing robot model Lil McQuayla. Let's have a look. Eventually.
7: Life is about opening doors.
1: Okay. I think this is, I think that's the real woman on the left, but I can't really tell these days. They all look so plastic to me.
7: Creating new dreams you never knew could exist.
1: (laughs) What is going on? Now, you tell me, in all honesty, which commercial for underwear is better? Which commercial is better, ladies and gentlemen? That, with a model looking like a robot, making out with another robot, with a robot... Sorry, pardon me. <laughs> a model that looks like a robot, making out with an actual robot in a... <laughs> they're complaining that this is um, queer baiting, but... How can a robot be a lesbian? I don't. A robot has no sexuality. It's a fucking robot, you idiots. But which commercial do you think is more impactful? Keep in mind, bear in mind, that Calvin Klein is a world-renowned fashion icon. So you've got that, the model kissing the robot, or when it comes to undergarments, you have this.
3: bathing suit with the bonerless technology that everyone's been talking about
1: yeah <laughs> it is it is man But let's see the original once again let's see the, the original one more time let's give it a fair chance
7: life is about opening doors Creating new dreams you never knew could exist.
1: That's it. Pretty uninspiring, doesn't even have a catchy jingle. Calvin Klein has been forced to apologise to the LGBTQ community after queer baiting in its latest advert. The fashion brand released a commercial for their latest Mike Halvin's campaign, which captures Bella Hadid kissing a female CGI robot named Little McQuala. In the advertorial, in the advertorial, the model who is dating The Weeknd, does does nobody have a real name anymore? The hell is going on? Wears a black crop t-shirt and cycling shorts, and looks on as the computer-generated being walks past her. Little McQuala swiftly comes into view with her hair in pigtail buns, and they kiss... In the background, the voiceover says, Life is about opening doors, creating new dreams you never knew could exist. The robot figure, who is also known as McQuaela Sosa, that's her real name. Lil McQuaela is just her stage name. (laughs) She's a professional. And has her own Instagram account. Also shared the footage on her social media. See, now it's not an it, it's a her with a name and an Instagram account. But social media users are not impressed with the ad. But let's be honest, when are social media users ever impressed with anything? When are social media users ever happy about anything, honestly? And have blasted it as queer baiting, which is when homoerotic scenes are used to attract quote, liberal and queer viewers, although the same-sex couple will not end up together, according to Urban Dictionary. Fans believe the company should have used real-life LGBTQ models to represent them instead of a fictional being.
3: <laughs> yes. yes.
1: <laughs> One tweeted, There are plenty of real LGBT models that could have been used. <laughs> the robots are taking mad jobs. Wow. Welcome to the world of automation, my LGBTQ modelling comrades. You have now been replaced by the machines. (laughs) They're upset that a real lesbian wasn't used in the commercial. (laughs) Of all the things you could have been upset by with this commercial, the fact that it wasn't a real lesbian, that's the one that triggers it. That's the one that gets them outraged. No, Boogie is my real name, my Christian name, my Christian name. Another vented, Calvin Klein really used a robot to queerbait? Life is about what? This is total queerbait. The company took to Twitter to backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is a cute little robot. But there you have it. Queerbaiting, ladies and gentlemen. The robots are taking my jobs. It's not just the construction workers. It's not just the, the the cashiers at your local supermarket. It's not just the white-collar individuals working in, on Wall Street. It's not just the, bu- the bus drivers and the truck drivers. It's not just the cab drivers. It's not just the people digging ditches or farming or building houses. The robot revolution, the AI robot revolution has now come to the world the very very small world i imagine of specifically targeted lgbtq advertising for underwear nobody is safe and this is a very serious and dangerous time that we're living in (laughs) thanks everyone for joining us i hope you enjoyed yourself um don't forget please before i go a couple of plugs Follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS for the best 15-minute data download periscopes on the interwebs. James R., at RealPersonPLTCS. Follow Chris Mack at ChrisMC44 for 44 live broadcasts per day, 44 confused looks in 44% of the audience, and a 44% upswing in the 44% of live broadcasts that are done 44 times every 44 days. Chris at Chris MC44. And if you follow at @ChrisMC44, you'll also catch Pirate Radio tomorrow night at 30 p.m. If you follow James R at Real Person PLTCS, you'll catch Ladies of Liberty on Saturday night at 11 p.m. You'll catch myself and James together, Comrades in Arms, if you will, wearing our boneless trousers, live on Sunday nights if you follow show on Twitter. Or check out TAVshow.com. You'll catch me again on Monday. Hopefully, fingers crossed. It is going to be a bit crazy with the renovations and everything going on here. So I'm going to try and... I'll try and be on as often as possible. With my voice modification software. And my lack of knowledge of how politics works. In all caps. So... Tip of the hat. Thanks. A round of applause, if you would, for the trolls who joined us tonight. Your company is always welcome. I've been waiting two years to get trolls in here, and so I'm very pleased. And you should you should give yourselves a round of applause too for attracting them all in. Their their contribution is much needed. It's much needed spice to the show. A much needed flavor. It's not a real show until you've got people accusing you of being a robot too, which is always nice. It's always nice. Wonderful, in fact. So thank you. Please come again uh, Monday around 9 p.m. Until then, guys, stay calm, stay rational. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. had to get that plug in. (laughs) If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, just hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to watch me make out with a lesbian robot, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. debating anyone now Don't forget to pick up your boneless briefs It's getting very close to summertime Your teenage son won't thank you enough All the links we refer to in tonight's show will be in the show description on the podcast hosting website, boogiebumper.podbean.com. So if you want that little commercial, send it to an acne-laden teenager that you know, then just head over to that website, grab the link, and share it out. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. Until next time, bye-bye.